Okay, so you're about to talk about a procession uh, in time where you said that you started out at seeing the dukkha and then looking for the escape of that dukkha in sensual. Yes, so, yeah, so this would be about maybe two, two and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. I would see the dukkha and then I'd feel bad so I would try to look for sensual pleasures like food, um, TV, you know that kind of stuff and um, just to feel good but I think it was more like escaping and then after a while I started realizing that even the essential pleasures won't really well, they're not doing what I want them to do when I'm mm. trying to look at them. So mm. then that used to give me, that was a dukkha in itself, because then it was like, well, if I can't do these things to feel better and I feel bad, then like, what do I do? So that was like a different kind of existential crisis. Right. Um, okay. Well, let's, the, let's, uh, let's pick that up in a moment in the, under the rubric of, well, what do we do now? But let's go back and look at it in the, in the sense that you're looking for pleasure in food and that that's common. Yeah. And that people then will look for more pleasure in food and then it becomes expensive and gourmet and <laughs> uh, um, it's, it goes on and on and on because they still have the delusion that more is better and that pleasure comes from the senses, yeah. food, entertainment, and whatnot like that. Now, we can think of entertainment as different than um, escapism, because that's exactly what you're talking about here, is I feel bad, therefore I'm going to watch a movie so that I don't have to think about how bad I feel. I can escape into the movie. Yeah. All right. We can also think of entertainment as merely time structuring. How are you going to entertain yourself today? Yeah. Okay. And that sometimes entertainment is a movie. I find generally movies are less and less entertaining. <laughs> uh, but occasionally documentaries are quite entertaining. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So in that regard, looking at it from... Um, both of the unwholesome or the escapism from our bad feelings versus the wholesome quality of uh, enjoying the moment. Uh. But you're also now back to the point because you're using this as an, in a series of examples of what people do in life. Yeah. That they do recognize suffering just a little bit. But then they see the gratification or the uh, escape from that dukkha that they feel inside by going into the sensual world. Yeah. And so now you've come to the point of saying, wait a minute, that sensual world is problematic also. Yep. That there is dukkhas, there are dangers there. 
Yeah. And so what is the escape of that? Because what I used to have as an escape from my bad feelings winds up just not doing the job. Well, that's what that's what I kind of became okay with on on this retreat that I just did. Um, it was like it was like there was the dukkha and there was the thought of you know nothing will really satisfy it um but then there was also the experience that these are just thoughts and there is selfing attached to these thoughts as they come and go and uh -huh. and it's like there is they're not like it's not a law of nature that the selfing is combined with them, but the selfing is attached on. I saw it, I actually saw it being attached on, I think. Um, like the phenomena would happen and then the self would attach onto the phenomena. And because of that, it suddenly became sort of okay to just sit there with the dukkha and then that kind of just made it all okay. I don't know. All right. Yes. Um, back to what we were talking about right at the very beginning of our conversation is that quality of meditation where people kind of sit there and inspect the dukkha. Yeah. Noting what's going on in the mind. They call that mindfulness. And in fact, in a way, that is actually sati without much investigation at all. Uh -huh. That if you, and if you take on the, uh, more of the aspects of the Buddha, we recognize we need to investigate every one of those thoughts to decide whether it's going to be wholesome and worthwhile having or not. Uh-huh. Because normally we don't make that investigation, but we have, you know, kind of the underlying um, dissatisfaction or dukkha that's there, and we're kind of okay with it. And I'm offering you something a little bit better than that, a new mm. opportunity. Yeah. Okay, and that new opportunity is is that if if you're having unwholesome thoughts and you're having that underlying dukkha that's there, that there is a kind of connection between them. And that if you intentionally start to guard the thoughts so that you're making sure that these are only wholesome thoughts, then we can work with those directly. Now, here's a way of thinking about it. Um, this comes from psychology, Eric Byrne and Freud. And I think that I've mentioned this to you before in the sense of the critical parent, the parent ego state that goes around telling us what to do. This needs to be done. That needs to be done. Or life should be like that. Or it ought to be this way. And many, many different kinds of topics that are kind of okay thoughts, but they're not uplifting. 
okay, because they're coming out of the critical parent that wants to make things wonderful. Okay, there's the other side of that, and that is, uh, Ari Byrne talks about the nurturing parent, to nurture yourself. Mm-hmm. To let yourself be really, really satisfied. In other words, we begin to take the work out of meditation, and it becomes playful. Mm-hmm. Okay? It becomes playful. Now, let's go back to the qualities of unwholesome versus wholesome thoughts, because we've been down this territory before. And mm. I find it quite amusing here that... Um, that you're beginning to see that dukkha that's underlying there, but you haven't seen it well enough to know that, wait a minute, that's the problem, that I'm just inherently kind of dissatisfied and I let the mind go off into those states. Yeah, it's it stopped being a problem. Um, it just It just didn't matter. I don't know. It was like there was just so much awareness of okay. everything. That, yes. that none of those things really mattered. Right. Okay. If and then, they, and then if so the mind just matter, stopped. But they were there. Yeah. If they didn't matter, but they were moving from one position to the next to the next, one thought after another after another, the mind was kind of busy, but that was okay because you'd been busy before. And so you allow the mind to be busy with these thoughts. Yeah, it just felt like they just weren't me. So it was just... Okay. They yeah. aren't you, and that's okay that they're not you. In fact, congratulations, we know they're not you, and you're seeing they're not you. But there's no reason for the mind to be in the habit of jumping around from one thought to the next. That's the restless mind. And that you haven't seen yeah. that you're harming yourself yet by doing that. And yet you do recognize that there is an underlying dukkha or dissatisfaction that's there. And you're trying to say, and that's okay too. And I'm saying, yeah, it's okay. Let's grab hold of it while it's okay and throw it out while it's okay. It felt like um, when it became okay, it felt like throwing it out was kind of causing more problems. That's that's kind of why I stopped doing it, come to think of it. It just felt like throwing it out was just... It was different to before. Okay, let's put it this way. Maybe the, the strong word that I use of throwing it out is for the very beginner. And so let's soften our language just a little bit in the sense of in this mind moment, you can only have one thought. Mm -hmm. And then the next mind moment, you have another thought. And the next mind moment, you have another thought. And they just go from bang to bang to bang to bang. And uh, in reference to that, it's the monkey mind that's jumping around from tree to tree. It's the monkey mind just yeah. jumping around. And you're kind of saying, wow, I've come to the point that that's okay. Yeah, that doesn't really sound right. Um, yeah, it just it just feels so um, so different to how it was before. 
That's good. Yeah. That's progress. That just that all caused so many problems before, but now they what didn't really. What's the? I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood. What's causing the problem? As in, as in the racing mind, it would be so. Um, it would just give me a lot of grief before, but um, yeah, it kind of just didn't. Um, I was just, I was just with the body. Okay. And stuff. So, um, you've you've taken about eighty percent of the dukkha out of it, <laughs> but there is still that part that's left. Yeah. Now, what I had thought I had heard you say was um, taking it out of the mind or pushing it out was a lot of work to do. Yeah, or because fact, when it stops no, it, mattering. But it's, but it's not because this is a new mind moment and you can put in this, mind, this new mind moment what you want to put into it. Yeah. As opposed to letting the old habit pattern just pull up random thoughts. Most of them are random thoughts about the past or the future. Yeah, they were pretty, um, they were quite like junk thoughts. It was basically all just junk thoughts. Junk thoughts. I've heard that word before too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was just the mind being, um, yeah, I think like it was just the mind just craving like sensual pleasure so much because I, removed sensual pleasures while doing the retreat. It was Except just... that you made them mental. Yeah. Yeah, so the mind just turned them into mental pleasures, which, which I noticed as well, um, actually. Um, I noticed. And so then I thought, okay, well, the mind is doing this <laughs> to be happy. So why don't I just stop this and be happy? And then like, those times, every time I remember to do that, I'd just go into jhana. But um, when I didn't do that, um, when I was just like tired. All right, and... so now we know. Yes. Yes, exactly. All right. Yeah. So you know it. You yeah, know I mean, it happens. When you start having wholesome thoughts, that it sequences into bringing your mind into a very pleasant state. Yeah, I mean, that that did happen. That did happen pretty often. It was like a mix of everything happened, you know? Um, <laughs> like the jhanas happened, the lows happened, the <clears throat> everything it just happened. Yeah. Okay, well, let's, <clears throat> let's then continue on the times when you're actually doing the full-on correct practice. Yeah. As opposed to that point when you're doing meditation. So, oh, that's another thing as well, actually. It felt like... It felt like... When it was... When the correct stuff happened... It felt like... It just felt like... The causes and conditions of... Reality made them happen, as opposed to me. Which is also why I just started running through the motions, because I just thought, all right, well, just let it do its thing. Um, does that make sense? It certainly does. <laughs> but what you did about it doesn't. 
instead of getting that into that state of really enjoying that you've got some control over things and that there is no self doing it, there's no aggregate of the self in there, it's like a well-oiled humming machine that's producing and there's no self to it, it's just the operation of the machine. Yeah, it's got all the constituent components functioning correctly. That's what, yeah, there was, um, yeah, that's the thing, because I know in the suitors, you know, it talks about free will, but I can't No, it doesn't, not a chance. I'm sure I've seen free will in the suitors, that there is free will. You might have seen someone translate some poly into the word free will, and he may or may not know what he's talking about, but generally free will is not a concept in the Buddhism. Okay, that's good, because... It's a Christian concept. And it has to do with predestination versus do we have choices in our lives. Well, that's the thing. That's what had me so confused as well, because I thought that the suitors talked about free will, but I just wasn't experiencing any free will. Everything was just happening all on its own. And I was just like, am I doing something wrong? Because I read that there's free will, but all I just see is just everything happening on its own. I mean, even like me go with the quality of a malfunctioning machine. Let us say that it's supposed to put out candy and it winds up putting out a mess instead. And let's not go any further than that. Okay. All right. All right. And um, this machine thinks that it exists and its job is to make candy. Yeah. But it can't do it, and so it's a victim of its own misbehavior. Yeah, I mean, I was just all... Now you come in and you say, all right, we're going to make a repair to the machine. Yeah. And so you repair the machine, and now it's putting out the the correct product, but it's still just a machine. It's got no self in there. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought I was a robot. All right. But that just because now that we recognize that there is no self in this machine, that that it produces the correct product rather than making a mess, you're saying, well, wait a minute, I liked it better when it sometimes would make a mess. And so you let it go back into being broken state. Ah, maybe. Okay. To where the reality is, is that where the machine is broken in the sense that it's got unwholesome thoughts, Mm. or whether the machine is humming along correctly, which means now it's producing candy rather Mm. than a mess. So we're going to just let it continue humming along, making a good candy. Yeah. But that means that we have to take the time <clears throat> for the maintenance of the machine, because every machine will break if you don't keep it up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that's what practice then is really all about, is keeping the machine in good condition. 
Now, over time, what we can say is, is that we recognize by getting to know this machine and its various functions and parts that um, the whole machine works pretty well, but this part over here could be greatly improved. Uh. Okay, like body and greatly improved like feelings and greatly improved like uh, uh, the state of mind that we're in. Those are the kinds of things that could be improved in, in this machine so that it doesn't put out a mess. So if we have the idea then that it's really okay for this machine to be in what was we would call now tip-top shape, but that we can still tinker with it. Yeah, it's just, I don't get it because... Like, when I'm in jhana, or, you know, when I'm free from hindrances, like, I feel so good, right? Okay. And when the mind is still, it feels so good. But, um... And we have thoughts, wow, this feels good. <laughs> yeah. But then when it's not happening, it's just like... The... It's like the thing, the burning desire that was always motivating me to feel so good all the time is just not there anymore because now everything just feels okay. Right. Well, isn't that interesting that um, that has to do basically with the way that we have wanted things all of our life is that, that we want things that we don't have. Yeah. Once we have it, then it's not so important anymore. Yeah, I noticed that as well, actually, with all material things that as well. Even enlightenment, haha, becomes ordinary. I've gotten used to it. It's ho-hum. Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that actually seemed quite ordinary to me. It just seemed like, it just seemed like, it's like I was chasing a word, like a thing, a concept. But you can't, because that kind of limits what it is. There is... You can't, like, turn it into a thing. So it's like... Everything just is what it is, but once you're chasing enlightenment, then you're kind of chasing that carrot on a stick. Precisely. Once you thingify it... Yeah. Now it's a carrot to chase. So I'm just, every time... So that, you know, every time I thingify it, I just catch it. it, it as in, it automatically catches itself thingifying, and it just stops doing it. And then things just expand again. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I'm thinkifying it, it's like I'm contracted around a thing and that becomes the whole world. And that's not just with enlightenment, it's with anything, like food or anything. Right. So, now we already have figured out, though, that uh, that approach is really not satisfying, that it's yeah. dangerous. Yeah. And um, it's also uh, time-oriented. Yeah, because I want As it later. To, yeah, because I well, want I mean, it. I'll get it later. I'll get something. it later. Yeah. Right. I got to do this now so that I can get that later. Yeah. So. Exactly. Changing that frame of reference then into... And I'll use it this way, instant gratification. Yeah. It's, it's the kind of gratification that you would get that if you were walking in the hot sun and you just walked under a shade tree. 
Yeah. Immediate gratification. Okay. Um, the kind of gratification that under that shade tree, there is a pump. And you haven't had a drink for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so you pump that up and you get that beaker of water and it's gratifying. It really is. It's a, um, and so it's immediate. This is the kind of way that we want to look at it because in, in the state of the first jhana that we're discussing, basically, we need to practice getting into it really easy, mm-hmm. which means that we want to do it over and over again, which means that we have to be able to come out of that sun, thirsty, mm-hmm. un- into the shade tree and get a drink. Yeah. Okay. And here you are after you get the drink and and um, uh, all cooled off with the shade and everything. Now you can say, "Hot dog! I can go walk in the sun and get hot again, and it's okay." I mean, I feel like even Jonna is like, even the desire for Jonna is just um, it's thingifying it again, and it's that kind of made me stop wanting it so much i mean if it, it still feels really good when it happens on its own but I, it doesn't it's, happen it, on its own never happens on its own i mean you have to gather the factors together yeah i mean okay i did that but that was also happening on its own because it wasn't me who was doing it um okay. it's it, i don't know it's just so I I can't really explain it, but I don't know. It's just it just doesn't matter that there's no jhana sometimes, most of the time. But when it does, it's it's cool. It's great. It's okay. funny. All right. Well, let us say then, instead of having the goal as jhana, which is the result, sometimes quite immediately so, of merely having wholesome thoughts. Yeah. Let's recognize that wholesome thoughts are better than having unwholesome thoughts. That's true. And that you still have to take the right effort to investigate, to be on guard. Yeah. Now, normally what happens is, is that we do flitter from topic to topic, but many yep. times we'll get stuck on a topic. An example of that would be email. Yeah. You got to write an email to a lawyer, but we're not at the computer now. But we just spin and work and work and work. And we say, wait a minute, I don't have to think about that email right now. I can throw that email out. I can be happy right now. And and then I begin to have thoughts of the here now. And off into jhana we go. But we have to recognize that point of I don't have to think about that email right now. Because it's a hindrance. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like right now, I, I'm it's in sort jhana. of like just stepping out of its way. It's really easy to do because you have once you're thinking about it, or right way to say it, once sati, once you wake up and do a bit of investigation, you've got full control over the thoughts that you have. In fact, you already are controlling your thoughts because now your thoughts are of investigating what I just was thinking about. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, so I've experienced really it. Easy to change. It's really easy to change the content of the mind. Hmm. And then you can say to yourself, really, actually, it's better to be free from dukkha than it is to have that residual part that I'm okay with and have to put up with. Yeah. Now, there is something about that, which I mentioned before, but let's go over it again from a different perspective. And that is right now or today or last week that that level of dukkha was okay. But over time, when we really start taking a good look at it, investigating it closely, we can see that too is dangerous. Mm. That too has its problems. Yeah, it's making sense right now. <laughs> yeah. that, that by keeping looking at it, we're we'll going to see what dukkha is there. And so we say, okay, I can be free from that right now, too. Mm. And so that's how we want to apply the sati, always with the investigation. Is this wholesome or not? Because if it's not wholesome, we can change it easily. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's the hindrance of um, sloth and torpor. I guess because it's making it's making me lazy. I guess that happens. Actually, we um, having the mind restless like that will make it tired. Certainly, all of the hindrances yeah. are interrelated. Yeah, it was getting tired. Yeah. Yeah, thinking about the world is tiresome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Makes me tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't have sick and tired thoughts anymore. I'll have happy, joyful thoughts. Yeah. That's the way to go. We don't have to be sick and tired and putting up with it. Yeah. But you can put up with it and say, well, I can handle that right now. But when you say, I can handle that right now, you just already changed it. I can handle it as the winner's attitude. So mm. you could pop right out of that with, with wholesome thought. That's a wholesome thought. I can handle this. I don't have to even think about that stuff. Mm. That way I can be on guard for thoughts about the past. You'd be surprised at how much you just, you, you're dissatisfied with your own past. Yeah, I mean, no, I... You would. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I think you really do know how dissatisfied you are with your own past. Oh, yeah. But now it's like any thoughts of the past that come up, it's like, all right, well, these are just their own things that just come up from the habitual brain machine or whatever, or... or from the, just the nature of reality, okay, they just come but up. Now you can also begin to see, yeah, but that's the mess that the candy machine is making when it's broken. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. 
Yeah, I think I just need to look at the Duca. I need to find the Duca in it a lot more. Um, Well, just look at it enough to see. Yeah, that stuff is yucky. (laughs) And then (laughs) you go fix that machine. Oh, it is. It is. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we have to see the yuckiness in it. Have to see the danger. Have to see the stinky. (laughs) And though, I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Once we see that those thoughts are stinky thoughts, then we can take them out easily. Um, Something that just came to mind is, um, is emptiness a teaching of the Buddha Um, in a different sense from no self, as in emptiness, as in Everything is just empty. Um, yeah, because I saw everything empty, as empty as well. Then what is it empty of? Like empty of like an intrinsic essence, like like you mean it's like, like there was no solidity. Meaning, just empty of solidity. Empty of importance. Yeah, empty of importance. Yeah, empty, empty of meaning. Empty of essence. Yeah. Empty of essence? Yeah, like everything was just empty of essence. Like, how, like how seeing... about empty of meaning? Sorry? Empty of meaning. Yeah. I mean, it did. everything did feel empty of meaning. I mean, it still kind of does. Aren't we really getting round to defining empty of self? <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. It's like um, seeing the external is is a is more empty than how empty I see the self currently. If that makes sense. I actually had a long discussion with a good friend in the Dharma. His name is Tuan. He lives over on Watsuan Mok. You told me about him. And, your first student, I think. And that the question at hand was. Um, in the in sunyata in emptiness, is the word meaning there? And the answer is that it's not in the suttas, but that doesn't <laughs> that that doesn't have the causality or the meaning that it doesn't belong, but rather that when you understand what um, emptiness is encompassing then meaning would be one of them for instance if it's empty of importance if it's empty of importance then it's empty of meaning because meaning mm-hmm. gives it the importance if it doesn't mean anything it couldn't possibly be important I, um, there was that aspect of it, but there was also the aspect of, for example, if I, like, if I touch this pen, I can feel the solidity Mm -hmm. of it, but the solidity of it, these are all sensations, and these sensations, they themselves are, they're not, they're discrete, Right, it's not a continuous thing, and these sensations are kind of 
limited. According to your consciousness, moving back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, and that kind of, that kind of, you know, when I was walking, it was like I could choose to feel like I wasn't walking. Um, I could, uh, like, I could choose to, in my mind, I could just think that I was floating and things would feel a bit lighter or like the solidity of the floor wouldn't feel so solid. Um, stuff like that. So there was like that aspect of it alongside the lack of meaning of things. It was like they came together. Okay. Maybe we could say it this thing, this way. Everything we perceive as hard with hard boundaries to where, in fact, everything is actually gushy. Yeah. Yeah. That was like my body boundary as well. It was like that. Mm -hmm. Like example on the arm, where does the arm end and where does the skin, I mean, the, uh, the air begin? The yeah. answer to that is, oh, wow, is it complicated. Yeah. Right down to the molecular level. Because, yeah. in fact, the, bo the body sweats and, and uh, discharges all kinds of things through the skin. Even the skin flakes off. <laughs> right, okay. So, where is our boundaries? The answer is, is it's gushy. Yeah. And that that's part of the practice of Anapanasati. When we really get to understand and know the body, we find out that the boundaries are gushy. They're not solid. Kind of feels like that still. Yeah. In that way, because the boundaries are gushy, that, that means then that um, everything is in a spectrum as opposed to black and white. Yeah. Yeah, it did feel like that. It mm -hmm. does feel like that. And so we don't really know where I end and where yeah. the surroundings uh, begin. Where there is, where it's me and where it's not me. And so maybe not, just don't think right. about me and not me. <laughs> so in that way, we could say that it depends upon the way that language is used, yeah. but that it would be a very, very true statement to say, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. Yeah. Because this here is all around us. We're in it. <laughs> behold, here it is. Yeah, like I'd go for a walk and literally everything outside, I could, I could like make it me or I could just make it or I could make... I couldn't really make me it, but I could I could just drop it being me or me being it altogether and just experience everything as just one or not one. This is what we're getting at exactly. When those boundaries get gushy, then we're just part of the environment or we are the environment. Yeah. Oh, there was another... There's one time and that without... there was a lot of love. Temporarily, it was like it was just so much love. Um, I can't. I think Wednesday or Thursday that happened. Um, that means your heart felt gushy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it did. So yeah, the it lasts very long. Our heart melts. Yeah, and we feel really gushy. So while 
you have those experiences available to you, yeah. you're also at the other side of the coin saying, well, it's okay if I let those random thoughts just run through the mind. There's dukkha there, but I can yeah. handle Okay. And now we're saying, wait a minute, that's like a scab. Let's tear that scab off and check out what's underneath there. That we yeah. do not have to, to allow these unwholesome thoughts in. And if we keep the wholesome thoughts, we can begin to live more of our life in that gushy state. Yeah, it's just all um, mindfulness. Just, just, just keep at it. Yes. Haven't I said that before many times? Sati. Oh, yeah. Develop the sati. To remember. To remember to look. To remember yeah. to check it out. To remember to check. Is this wholesome or not? And if it's wholesome, zippity doo da. Yeah. And if it's not, aha, I see you, Myra. Out. <clears throat> yeah. And by saying, aha, I see you, Myra, it's already gone. Those wholesome thoughts are gone. I've already elevated the mind. Aha, I see you, Myra, is actually gladdening the mind right there. Yeah. Immediately. Instant gratification. Agnes is calling. Mm. I asked her to wait for our call to be over, but. Uh... Well, you've uh, given me a lot of stuff to think about. All right. Well, if you don't mind, I'll let her in on the call. Yep. Well, um, maybe I should. I should probably get ready for work. Actually, um, need to catch All right. Well, you can, you can finger for a minute, and I'll let her on. All right. Yeah, I can stay for a few minutes. Hello. Hi, Agnes. Hello, Agnes. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you After too. so long. <laughs> yeah, you two know each other. In yeah. fact, we were just doing a deep dive in exactly what the three of us talked about before, which is wholesome thoughts. Okay. <laughs> and it is, in fact, what it's all about, is to have wholesome thoughts. But to have wholesome thoughts, look at all the stuff we've got to put together. We've got to remember to have wholesome thoughts. We've got to investigate these thoughts to check to see if they're wholesome or not. And then we have to take the right effort to throw those unwholesome thoughts out and have wholesome thoughts. Just a moment. I think she covered her camera. Ah, that's what's going on. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> ah, quick change I... artist. Uh, what? <laughs> quick change artist. <laughs> I I had an alarm going on there, so. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so anyway, um. Shatan had done a, uh, um, a, a one-man retreat 
for a few days and he was having both really excellent experiences and also some um <laughs> not so excellent right some <laughs> mixture <laughs> and so that's what we've been talking about um and so Chetan, if we're kind of finished here we can um Yep. Finish this conversation and uh, uh, turn the video recorder off. Yep. Sounds good. All right. Okay. Well, we'll see you later. See you, Damrato. See you, Agnes. <laughs>